Welcome to Preaching in Season, a series designed to help ministers in their work of interpreting the Bible and preaching the Word in the many seasons of the church's life. My name is Tim Sensing, Professor of Homiletics, Graduate School, School of Theology here at ACU. In this episode, the last episode in this series, we're going to look at Galatians 6. Thank you for listening. Revised Common Lectionary gives the option about two different pericopes in Galatians 6. The first pericope is Galatians 6, 1 through 10, where we are having a conversation, Paul is, about new creation communities. A new creation community is a church that demonstrates the gospel of love. And if you're preaching from Galatians 6, 1 through 10, you need to encourage a congregation to fulfill the law of love for the sake of others. Galatians 6, 1. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who receive the Spirit should restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are, not, who are nothing think that they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work, then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. Those who are taught in the world must share in all good things with their teacher. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. And if you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from that flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For we will reap at harvest time, if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially those of God's family. Paul can be confusing at times. I've been echoing Paul's words about there's nothing one can add to gospel to make it better. You can't add to the gospel to make it more inclusive. You can't add to the gospel to make it more effective. You can't bundle anything with the gospel. You can't add circumcision. You can't add special days. You can't add food laws. Even all the wonderful benefits of the law to provide moral guidance can't add to your salvation. While it has taken churches a while to catch up with Paul, I think for the most part, we're getting it. And often, every generation must renew its commitment to Paul's teaching on these matters. Now Paul gives us a list of exhortation, things to do. What's up with that? Paul can be confusing at times. On the one hand, you cannot do anything to add to your salvation, and now on the other hand, here are your responsibilities, and you'll be judged by them. Well, not confusing exhortations with the gospel, these are exhortations are necessary for a community to live in harmony. Through mutual responsibility within the community, we do fulfill the law of Christ, which we found earlier in Galatians 5, is love. Paul has told them that the law is fulfilled by the love command, and they will not fulfill the desires of the flesh if they keep step with the Spirit. However, Paul did not give them any practical advice 
about how to live out these abstract ideas. What does it mean to love my neighbor in concrete circumstances of life? How does one walk in the Spirit? Here, Paul gives moral advice that is precise, concrete, and practical. In a back-and-forth pattern, Paul gives both individual and communal exhortations. Do any of these have currency in 2022? Through individual responsibility, we are to take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Our individual responsibility is we've got to carry our own load. We have an individual responsibility not to be deceived because God is not mocked. For you will reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Paul calls us to live responsibly because you are still under God's judgment in the present. But we also have a communal responsibility. He says, My friends, if anyone is detected in transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. He says, bear one another's burdens. In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. He says, those who are taught the word must share all good things with their teacher. And finally, he says, so let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have opportunity, let us work out the good for all, especially those of the family of faith. And so he goes, weaves back and forth between individual and communal responsibilities. The Galatians had to work all this out in their context. In the midst of the rift between Jewish and Gentile Christians, they had to work this out. Now, in our context, we may have to work it out a little differently. In our context, we may have to demonstrate the Spirit of God living in us, exhibited in love, with some different concrete uh, examples. If you imagine ways, just with the list above, what would it look like if you were to bear one another's burdens? What would it look like if you were to carry your own load? And we can start thinking about and brainstorming together uh, the examples of how that might concretely work itself out. Because it is through the cross of Christ that we're a new creation. Once we were not a people, but now we're the people of God. And as a new community, a new creation community, we are to bear the responsibilities both for our own growth, but also for the growth and the sake of others. When we move into Galatians 6, 11 through 18, we move into a text where Paul is going to talk about what really counts. And he's going to say specifically, what really counts is God's new creation. And here, with this text, the church is affirmed to participate in the cross of Christ. This word, canon, is a good word. Most of us brought our Bible to church. Most of us are looking at our Bible, even listening to this podcast, or thinking about our Bible Uh, There's a Bible in the pew rack. Uh, There's a Bible on our phones. Uh, Many of us have uh, various copies of Bibles in our home. Uh, And the Bible is what we refer to as as our canon. 
the Bible functions for us as a rule of faith. We believe that we confess that Scripture functions for us the measuring rod of our faith. I believe the Bible is the collected witness of God's people, Israel, and God's people, the first Christians. I believe this testimony provides us with a revelation of the wisdom of the community that, that guides us today and has guided the church for the last 2,000 years. Canon is a good word. It's a, it's a word of confession. And I confess that I place myself underneath this rule. It's a good word, and I, I affirm its use. But that's not what Paul is talking about in our text today. Chapter 6, verse 11. See what large letters I make when I'm writing in my own hand. It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh that try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. Even the circumcised do not themselves obey the law, but they want you to be circumcised so that they may boast about your flesh. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but the only thing that counts is a new creation. As for those who follow this canon, this rule, peace be unto you and mercy upon the Israel of God. If I'm honest with myself, I, I actually like to boast. Now, boast is a negative word, so I use other words. I can often get away with boasting by calling it bragging, but even then I have to be careful of the context. For example, I, I love to brag about my kids, and I find myself talking about them all the time, uh, much more than I see others. I, I guess I just dominate the conversation. I, I, you know, I have a, I have a list. Uh, I, I, I have questions. What do people think of me? How popular am I? This is much older than how many likes you have on Facebook or how many followers you have on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I want prestige. I want respect. Dr. Sensing, and in my case, I have two of those. So Dr. Dr. Sensing is the way you need to refer to me. And because I don't want to seem pompous, I casually drop the line to conversation rather than announce it. I live in a competitive world of higher education and tenure portfolios where my boasting is contained in my CV and my portfolio. I want to be the chair of the tenure promotion committee because that brings about prestige that I even can control and determine and discern about others. I want to receive what's due all the applications of all these tenure por uh, portfolios that I'll receive as chair of that committee, they're all filled with boasting and evidence of pride. You have to pat yourself on the back in order to be promoted. Your world might be different than mine, so the list for you and your boasting might be different. It might be financial assets. It might be something about your legacy. It might be about your physical appearance. It might be about your accomplishments, your trophies, your medal, your certifications. But let's 
Let's not be too short-sighted here. Even in church, folks measure their faith by certain standards. And we boast about our ministries and our service. And when we say what counts at church, we often do just that. We count. We count attendance. We count contributions. I'm the preacher, or I'm the elder, or I'm the ministry leader. And we sometimes use these titles back and forth. And like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand, splat. You see, boasting, and we know this, it's a foolish game. Or here in Galatians, pushing circumcision on Gentile converts in Galatia as a self-serving motive to avoid persecution for the cross of Christ. This is but a short list, and you know the list is much longer. I like to boast, and yes, like the Galatians, my list is much longer, and like the Galatians, my list goes splat, because my boasting is all for naught. You know, Paul likes to boast. Paul here says that there's a canon. There's a rule about boasting. What does Paul mean when he says, And whoever conforms to this canon, peace and mercy be upon you, upon the Israel of God. What For Paul is the rule, the canon that Paul advocates we follow, and that will bring us the blessing and peace and mercy. What is that canon? Or to frame it another way, what counts? When the rubber meets the road, when the chips are down, when you're between a rock and a hard place, when you're holding on by the thread of dear life, what really counts? The bottom line is there's anything worth of our boasting. Is there a rule of thumb I can follow about boasting? And Paul says yes. When you clear out all the trees and the underbrush, there remains one singular truth that counts. Actually, Paul has two answers. We have already talked about one in Galatians 5 and verse 6, where Paul says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And the second here is in Galatians 6.15, the only thing that counts is a new creation. Love and a new creation converge at the cross. Paul says, by way of contrast, I am not avoiding the cross in order to escape persecution, for I bear the marks of Christ in my body. Paul holds up the cross as the eschatological event, the turning point of the ages. All history prior has come to this one moment in time, the cross. All history in future looks back to this moment in time, the cross. The cross is how Christians mark time. So history points towards, the future looks back, all at this singular point. You start at a creation and time rolls down the road to the ages of the patriarchs, Moses and the law, the judges and the kings, until you come to God's great intervention. God sent his son, the incarnation, the advent of the ages. Jesus set us an example and he taught us about God. Jesus died on a cross, raised on the third day, and ascended on high. And in that Christ event, incarnation to ascension, is throughout Christian doctrine 
in, in Paul especially, wrapped up in that one word, cross. And all time from creation to Christ event looks to that central moment in time when Jesus died on the cross. And after Jesus ascended, he sat on the right hand of God and reigns over this kingdom until he comes again. The second advent. And in between this ascension and the second advent, we find ourselves here in 2022. And all history in, and into our future actually looks back to the cross as a central point we count time. Before the cross, you look forward. After the cross, you look back. For what counts is the cross. And that's where love and new creation converge. And that is Paul's boast. His boasting is in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. So where is your boast? I think that it doesn't matter what congregation you're in. I think you can look around the church and you can, you can start pointing at places where you can see love being expressed. And you can name names and you can talk about ministries and you can say, love counted here. And I think you can look around your congregation and you can see people and you can see ministries and you can see uh, actions that have been taken and you can say, that's a new creation reality. That's a, that's a place where, where there's no longer ethnic divide. That's a place where social economic difference is being overcome. There's, there's an example of where, where we are no longer male and female, but men and women in all types of, of equity is, is being promoted. Where's your boast? Be boast in Christ. Because the Galatians 6 boasting is exemplified when Paul expounds upon this theme. And you can see it in 2 Corinthians especially. Paul boasts and even glories in the people, the church. Because the examples, the concrete examples, represent the new creation realities that emerge because of the cross. Because these examples represent faith expressing itself through love. Therefore, we boast in the cross of Christ. And our boasting becomes worship and acclamation of Christ crucified. To give true worship by focusing on the cross, we become conformed to him. We become servants of one another in love. And through the cross, by the way of love, empowered by the Spirit, we become new creation communities. What counts is love expressing itself through faith. What counts is a new creation. And they count because of the cross of Christ. Boasting. The message of the cross destroys all pride. For through the cross, the whole world has been crucified. If we're tempted to boast in our wealth, our intelligence, or our accomplishments, we're pursuing a path that leads nowhere. Splat falls the house. We might as well boast in our circumcision for all that's worth. If we boast in our doctoral, doctrinal or moral or religious superiority, then we will fall in the trap of the Galatians. 
The cross destroys all such boasting and focuses our eyes on Jesus, who gave himself up for us. And this is why we boast in the church as an expression of the new creation. So, we boast. We boast in the cross of Christ. By the way of the cross, we participate in three deaths. Galatians 2 and 20, there's the death of self. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. In Galatians 5 and 24, there's the death of the flesh. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. In Galatians 6 and 14, the text for this episode, we have death to the world. May I never boast of anything except the cross of Jesus Christ our Lord by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Therefore, Paul's canon, the rule of faith that we conform ourselves to, is the cross that brings about a new creation within us. And that's all that counts. The bottom line, that's all that counts. Amen. Preaching in Season is a production of the Graduate School of Theology at Abilene Christian University in partnership with the Center for the Study of Ancient Religious Texts. If you're interested in learning more about us and what we do, visit us at acu.edu gst or email us at gst at acu.edu. Until next time.